is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's the kind of energy I'm looking for from you, Mr. Elkins. We got some big news. Yes, we which do. you probably already heard. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Bullpen. He's Brandon Elkins. I'm Patrick Osborne. This is ESPN 1027. Our number here. What up? 512-834-1027. Opinions always welcome. We love them. We want to hear them. And I'm sure some of you have an opinion on who should be the starter. For your Texas Longhorns, well, we have an we have an answer now. Mm-hmm. We know uh, who uh, Steve Sarkeesian has named. We've been teased for months and months, for and, months, months and months and months and months and months, even and, as of yesterday. And that name is drumroll, please. We have Quinn Ewers. Roll, but that's okay. Quinn Ewers, ladies and gentlemen, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian has named redshirt freshman Quinn Ewers the starting QB that? for the Longhorns. Uh, naming him today, uh, he's in his first year there at Texas, or in the spot of a third-year sophomore Hudson Card. And, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of excitement here. And, you know, Ohio State transfer originally attended South Lake Carroll there up in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So he's a, a Texas fellow. Mm-hmm. Number one overall player in the 2021 on three consensus. Five-star plus prospect. Uh, and he's a... Uh, he, we'll I, see. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, certainly I don't think that... Well, obviously, Coach Sark's going to know better than I would. Mm-hmm. But I don't see that uh, this is a, a bad thing. We don't know either. Well, I mean, we don't know, but based on everything that we've heard from from the coaching staff that we've seen mm-hmm. uh, from the open practice and just, uh, you know, and, and various highlights, I mean, I, you, you could really make the case, I think, for either. For either, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers or Hudson Card. Yeah, but Quinn Ewers definitely uh, brings a little more... Uh, I don't know what it is, pizzazz. He does. To panache. It. Panache. Panache might be a good word something for it. Like, yeah. Something eccentric like that. Uh, you know, because of uh, his track record and how well, how great he was in high school and, you know, the whole story of committing to the Longhorns and then jumping ship to Ohio State and then right. coming back to Texas. Right. So, I mean, the story has been written for him from the beginning. We just, we don't know because of his inexperience how well that's going to pan out and I mean, all consensus says it's going to be great, but we just there's there's still questions. Yeah. But at least we have one answer. At least we know who it's going to be. Now he gets all the reps at one, gets comfortable with these guys. Let's get it on. Yeah. Uh, so of course uh, he's uh, still fairly inexperienced. Uh, but uh, Coach Stark was asked, uh, you know, kind of about how they're teaching yours, uh, who's still fairly inexperienced. Uh, you know, the the intricacies of college football, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, uh, you know, was was not short of any comments on that. Yeah, I think I think one of our challenges is one we had spring ball to assess his strengths and maybe some things we know he needed to work on. And we tried to work on those things in the summer. Then you try to address those things. You reevaluate kind of that first week of camp, and then you try to address it again. And then what you try to do is when they play is put them in position to do the things that they do well. And Quinn's no different. When he's playing, we're trying to call the things that I know he does well while we're still working on some of those other areas that we know he can improve upon as we grow. And that, that would be no different for Quinn or for HUD or for anybody. You know, we, we really try as a staff to put our players in the best position to be successful. The quarterback is the easy one to see, right? And so if there's some intricacies in the game that, that maybe aren't as fluid for him right now, that's our job not to put him in that position to do those things yet until we keep repping it with him to get him feeling really good about it. And rep it with him. 
Got to keep repping it with him. Rep it. Uh, but, you know, I, I, obviously you can't expect a, a, someone as young as Quinn Ewers to be perfect right now. No, what is he, 19? Uh, yeah, he's got a ton of growth ahead of him. Yeah. And uh, if he is as good as Coach Sark expects him to be, he's got a, a bright future ahead of him. I a believe very, it. A very, very bright future. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Quinn Ewers is the starter for your Texas Longhorns. Congratulations. Congratulations. We finally made it. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite story out of the 40 acres, though, today is not the Quinn Ewers story. My favorite story involves mustard. Ah. Mustard. Okay. Uh, running back B. John Robinson. As, as odd as this is going to sound, I'm trying to find a way to, to, to not make this sound odd, but it is. Uh, he's releasing a gourmet, actually has released a gourmet Dijon mustard, and it's not <laughs> named Bijan mustard, as you might think, but it's close. Yeah. The title is Bijan Mustardson. Okay. <laughs> this sounded a little more uh, sophisticated. He's, he's featured prominently on the Condiments website, and it includes a little funny origin story. He says that throughout his formative years, Bijan scored touchdowns everywhere, mostly on the football field via football. Mm. By 2022, Bijan had scored touchdowns in every way, shape, and form. Running and receiving, stiff-arming and juking, even occasionally passing. The only place he hadn't scored a touchdown was his taste buds. Oh, Goes on to say, so Bijan did what everyone expected Bijan to do, create his own gourmet Dijon mustard and call it Bijan Mustard. Great. With the help of top-quality chefs, Bijan made a mustard that was so good, it tasted like a touchdown. It was then yes. he knew. It was then he knew. Pending production timelines, mouth touchdowns for everyone would be a mustard purchase away. I feel like every time you say that name, a monocle should show up on your eye. And I you, agree. I'd like some Bijan mustard. Mustard. That was a weird accent. <laughs> can you imagine this in the old school days though of of the commercials with with the Rolls Royce pulling up next to the the Honda Accord? Do you have uh, any? Bijan Mustardson. Pardon me. Pardon me. Do you have any Bijan Poupon? Not Grey Poupon. Bijan <laughs> Poupon. The only item available on the website, uh, it's got uh, three purchase options. You can get a jar of this stuff for seven ninety five, two for fifteen ninety, or four jars for $31.50. Are we going to have to get that and try it for the people? I absolutely have got to try it. I believe that is a necessary thing. This is my favorite story that I've read all day. Uh, he uh, also, he, it's made it, because he's coming off a great season with the Horns last year, 1,422 yards from scrimmage, 15 total touchdowns. Downs, 11 rushing and 4 receiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, that done across 10 games. He's really kind of become a popular target for companes that, you know, they're looking to do the NIL thing, the you know, name, image, likeness. Uh, and he's recently made Instagram post. He's got deals with C4 Energy, Lamborghini Austin, although he says he doesn't really drive that Lambo much because he's not, quote, Occasionally. a flashy guy or anything. Occasionally he pulls it out. Look, I'd pull that thing out all the time. Yeah, I, 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 I don't care if I'm flashy or not. I got a Lambo, dude, and you don't. So I'm driving <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he only has. I feel like he only has it on lease for probably a year or so. I Possibly. don't think they gave him a Lamborghini. Actually, they're letting him borrow one. But I mean, assuming he's gone after next se- after this season. He's going to have to give it back. I mean, you know what? Maybe well, he, he can just buy it off of them. Well, he doesn't have to give it back. I mean, you know, he I mean, could just drive off into the sunset. Yeah, I didn't say that. Really, I mean, it'd be really just, I'm not, difficult trying to find the Bijan's Lamborghini know. out in the middle of 71 trying to get the hell out of here. Yeah, you, you, blend, <laughs> you totally would blend in here around here. <laughs> yeah. You might blend in if you went somewhere like Westlake. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe go out to Houston and, and, and hang around, uh, what was it, River Oaks? Sure. Town, like, I've only been in Houston area. once. Well, you're not missing a whole lot. I, I worked for seven years in Houston, and I was glad to come home to Austin. Hey, speaking of the long man, I watched the Day Tripper, and he has some cool shots of Houston. Now, look, That's don't get I'm me saying. wrong. Houston <laughs> has its moments. Some of the best restaurants you'll find in the state of Texas it's are very in the city diverse. Of very diverse. Some, I love some that. Best food. I yeah. mean, Austin's got phenomenal food. Yes. Houston has phenomenal food. Yeah. So I've heard. Traffic is a nightmare. 
The, so I've heard. Cut the air with a knife. It's so hot and sticky there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and and I'm still haven't forgiven uh, Bud Adams for taking the Houston Oilers out overnight. Anyway, love you, Houston. Yeah. Uh, but uh, staying with the Longhorns, more good news coming out of the 40 Acres. If uh, you're into this kind of thing, your recruiting class. 24-7 Sports has bumped up your Texas Longhorns uh, for the 2023 recruiting class rankings. And let me just give you a quick rundown of uh, the top 15 here. Uh, they've got the Razorbacks at 15, followed by the Oregon Ducks, USC Trojans, Penn State, Tennessee Volunteers, Florida Gators. Uh, then getting into the top 10 at number 9, we're at uh, Miami Hurricanes, followed by Clemson. Oklahoma Sooners, LSU Tigers, Georgia Bulldogs, Ohio State Buckeyes. At number three, where your Longhorns used to be, now sits the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Ooh. And Longhorns are now number two. Ooh. They now are number two on the Who's number one? Oh. I wonder. Crimson Tide. Alabama. When is Alabama not number one these days? Uh, very rarely. There are a lot of guys okay, right now rarely. and gals listening to us going, well, I'll tell you when they're not going to be number one is after week two. Yep. Uh, because... There's some people who, who are still holding out hope that they could take, you know, that the Longhorns could beat Alabama. I don't think I'm that guy, but, you know, whatever. I hope so. Well, God, don't I, too? I mean, well, that I would be. so. Talk about a hell of a boost. The Longhorns. Well, listen, thank you, Arch Manning, for helping create such a great ranking for this recruiting yes, class. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's the, it's the Archie Manning ripple effect. Now, a former Texas Longhorn QB uh, has been named a starter elsewhere. I'm talking about Casey Thompson. He transferred mm. from Texas to uh, Nebraska. He's now the starting quarterback for next week's opener, uh, season opener against Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland, of all places. <laughs> wow. Which is weird, right? <laughs> a little bit. Isn't that weird? It's like Nebraska and Northwestern playing over in Dublin. Okay. All right. Sure, why not? I, oh, listen, I, I guarantee you none of those kids are going to be having a bad night. No, they'll Whether be they fine. win or lose, you're in Dublin Forget about it. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Forget about it. Uh, but uh, uh, Coach Scott Frost says, you know, he'll be taking the first rep against Northwestern. Uh, transferred to Nebraska in January. Uh, started 10 games for Texas last season. He led the Big 12 with 24 touchdown passes. Uh, throwing for 2,113 yards. He completed more than 63% of his attempts. So uh, congratulations to Casey Thompson. Yeah. You know, good, good for him. Getting, getting a chance. You know, whether, whether he you doesn't are, have uh, to deal with this competition. It's his right. job. That's right. Current or former Longhorn, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're rooting for you nevertheless, unless you're playing us, of course. And then, yeah, you know, and then forget about the hell it, right? You? Forget about it. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, we mentioned this B. John Robinson, this B. John Mustardson. <laughs> yes. I yes. absolutely love that. Yes. Uh, but, it, you know, it calls into more NIL discussions. And NCAA officials have actually sent a letter to membership uh, noting its enforcement staff is a pursuit of uh, potential violations of the name, image, and likeness compensation policy and is emphasizing the need for schools to help out with investigations. Uh, says they are in actively investigating potential abuses of NIL transactions and they allege uh, any substantiated concerns as soon as possible. Uh, they, all, they also want a constant review of new reports of tampering, recruit, recruiting in, uh, inducements, impermissible benefits, impermissible recruiters, and other related behaviors. Uh, so, you know, kind of just further highlighting that as we move into this new NIL era, uh, you know, further into it, I think, there's, you know, there's just going to be a lot of hurdles and stumbles and, yep. and questions and people going, all right, well, watch out for this. No, you, you can do this, but you can't do that. Uh, and it, clearly the NCAA is going to be keeping an eagle eye because I, you know, they may have lifted the, the ban on athletes earning money a couple of years ago, but I still don't think the NCAA is all in on this. They still want their hands yeah. in the pot. Yeah. 
and they're going to do whatever they can to make that happen. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, hopefully that won't have any impact on the uh, the, the great Bijan uh, Mustardson. Of, of <laughs> yes, let's hope the Bijan Mustard Sons Please. of the world, I should say. But uh, but there you go. Little Longhorn news to kick off the bullpen on this Friday. Now stick with us because Uh-oh. we got something I've been looking forward to all week. We're going to talk a little sweet science coming up Ooh. with Chewy from over there at uh, the Great ninety three point seven. Uh, we got uh, a big, big fight tomorrow. It's basically round 13 between Alexander Yusick and Anthony Joshua. We got predictions. We got more boxing talk than you can shake a stick at. And got plenty of NFL, MLB, and more on the way. Hell yeah. 512-834-1027 is the number on Happy the bullpen. Friday. Happy Friday. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Oh, yeah. That is where you find yourself this Friday edition of the bullpen. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins, and Hello. we've got an addition in the studio right now. The great Chewy joins oh, us from 93.7 KLBJ. The great Chewy. How you doing, man? Thank you, fellas, for having me in. I'm oh, nervous. Dude. I don't know why. Yeah, well, I do this every day. Because you're on ESPN now. I guess so. My heart's pounding. <laughs> I'll tell you why you're nervous. I'm going to, uh, to quote Muhammad Ali, I'm pretty. I'm so pretty. You are pretty. And that's why. Uh, just, you got you the know, Peaky it, Blinders pretty? I do have the, I got the Peaky Blinders yeah, haircut you got going the haircut. on. You're yeah. not wearing a hat. Full on Arthur Shelby I got going on today. It's, it's definitely combed back. You like that? <laughs> I, I like I've it. never seen the show. Much so. to the chagrin of my mother, who who wishes I'd shave this beard and get a different haircut, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> that's why you never got a good job. <laughs> that is right. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That's why I went ended up on the radio. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Could have yeah, been a doctor. Here. Could have been a doctor, and I chose radio. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got a big fight coming up tomorrow. A round thirteen, so to yes. speak. Um, I- I'm super excited for this fight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, the heavyweight division has been fairly hot. I mean, the past few years with Tyson and, uh, you know, Fury Mm -hmm. as well as Deontay and everybody Mm -hmm. and then Andy Ruiz and that whole thing. Like, the heavyweight... It's it's been hotter than fish grease, like, lately. (laughs) That's why I absolutely love it. So, this fight... Because of what it's going to mean afterwards, too, for all the other heavyweights... uh, I'm excited to see. I don't know what your prediction will be, because I'm... I don't know when the last time you saw that fight, but I watched it today. Usyk. Well, I was going to watch it the other day from the, their first fight. Yes, Usyk Joshua from uh, September. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was a pace that I've never seen a lot of heavyweights fight like at. Right. Yeah. Well, I, so I, I mean, if you want my prediction right now, I, I, I predict ten or eleven. We're going to get a stoppage. Usyk stops Joshua. Really? Stoppage. Yeah. Here's not, the not, thing. Not, a, not a full knockout, although I'd love to see that. But no, I, 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 Alexander Usyk, stoppage in 11. That, that's, that's my prediction. So I think Anthony Joshua weighing in a little heavier than he is used to for, in a few years for the mm-hmm. past however many fights, he's weighed the heaviest out of those fights right now. And for somebody that I would expect after seeing that last fight he, he was in with Usyk, you would be working on conditioning of some sort. Right. So I don't know why he would necessarily be coming in a little heavy, heavier than expected, but he is. But he is. And he's, a, he's 244.5 pounds at the weigh-in today. And That's the heaviest he's been since 2019. So I think what we might see is a slow start. I mean, given even the respect, probably, hopefully, both of them have. Joshua got some good hits in that last fight. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I, he lost, for sure, I had by, I think, two rounds. 
Oh, I uh, thought it was more than that. You thought it was only two? Well, I, I don't know. I gave him a lot of credit with some big power shots he landed. But you know what? I'd even go three rounds uh, he was ahead by. Uh, I can't remember what you know the judges scored. It was 117-112, 116-112, 115-113. I don't think it was anywhere close to being that, that close of a fight. They honestly. all had him at four rounds. I think yeah. I had him at three rounds. Yeah. Uh, I think that stamina is going to be an issue here for both of these fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh because of the pace that Usyk is going to bring. And I don't think Anthony Joshua is used to that. He adjusted very well during that fight. And I think that's what's going to make the difference is the conditioning. You'll see more hits, I think, probably in the fifth or sixth round. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really going to, to play a role is, you know, who who's going to be the smarter boxer. Because the whole southpaw thing plays a role as well. You're gonna have, you're gonna have Anthony Joshua, I believe personally, not utilizing the jab like he should because of how quick Usyk is countering. Mm-hmm. It was, it, I mean, it was amazing. It was. If you haven't seen that fight, you really should. Uh, I want to say Usyk is going to win, but it will go to the end. However, there will be a knockdown. You think because so? Because Usyk. So you think who's going down? I'm gonna probably say Joshua, yeah. but I him weighing a little bit heavier. I think they might be going for the knockout, but he can't set that right up until Usyk slows down in the later rounds. So that's what I'm saying is their conditioning plays a role, and whoever is strategizing better for those later rounds, because you can expect them. Right. It went all championship rounds last time. I say it's it's whoever whoever strikes first after that sixth round. So I think Usyk's. I mean, obviously, Usyk's one of the most glaring advantages. I think he's got is the fact that he is a southpaw. I, I think a lot of fighters will tell you fighting a southpaw can be a nightmare, mm-hmm. and it proved to be a, a big problem for Anthony Joshua last. I think during last fight, if you watch their last fight, I, I, you know his lead foot was a big problem for him. Uh, you know, because the fighting the lefties, I mean, it's all about the angles, right? Right. Uh, when you're when you're a righty, uh, and so you look at the lead foot position. You know, you got to dominate that outside position, and I mean, you got to cut off that south bar, force force them to your right hand. Mm-hmm. He didn't do enough of that. Uh, Joshua didn't, and I, and I don't expect that. You know, he's heavier now. Granted, he has been working with a new trainer. Uh, who was who it? Uh, but that's his issue, though. That, that His issue is he, he stayed in the center of the ring the entire time. Yeah, he didn't in, move in enough. In instances where you want to kind of cut off Usyk, who, again, I think his glaring attribute is his footwork. For to be in the heavyweight class and moving like that, it's, a, it's amazing. And he definitely used it to his advantage. And yeah. you want to cut that off either by... Hoping he tires out around round six and trying to cut off the ring as he's because he's he stayed to moving to the right, staying away from Joshua's right, which is what he is trying to set up. Sure, and he's going to do the same thing this fight. Well, is, I mean, Joshua, I think if he wants to win, he's 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 going to have to work at least a cutting off the angle, that weak side angle, which Usyk has has been known to take. Uh, kind of like Vasily Lomachenko, you know, with mm-hmm. with those matrix movements where before you know it, he's behind you. Yeah, Usyk's got similar movement, maybe not quite as fast because he's a bigger guy. Uh, so, you know, if Joshua wants to handle Usyk, I think he's going to have to handle that weak side angle uh, a lot better than he did. Uh, he, he's going to have to come at him, uh, you know, good right hands, following it up with good left hooks. They, these got to be power shots. Usyk's no no slouch. He's got a great chin. Uh, I think if Usyk really wants to make a dent in in Joshua, he's going to just 
go for the temple. You'll end up looking like Amir Khan with those those baby giraffe wobbly legs, mm-hmm. like like he's been known to get. And uh, he's he's you know he can take a shot off the chin, no problem. Joshua, can, both of them can. Usyk has a he fought Chisera before this, and, right. and and I mean was taking punches. There's no doubt in my mind he can take a punch from Anthony Joshua. I agree. So well, and clearly he's proven he can. You know, last September he proved he can. Mm-hmm. So I mean, again, Anthony Joshua is going to try to set the right up, and I don't. I don't think he can use the jab to do that because he's going to get constantly countered. So what he is going to have to do is throw, like, I, I watched the fight recently and threw a rare rare punch, which was an uppercut to the body. And, uh, you know, you're going to have to do something like that or throw two, three punch combos mm-hmm. to finally get that right across. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I don't think you can set that up the, the way Usyk is moving as well as countering. Yeah. So I don't know, and but he landed it twice, and I don't know how it was. I don't know if, if Usyk was just tired. So I don't know what Anthony Joshua does. In, in my mind, Anthony Joshua has so much money behind him, his camp should know how to win a rematch, you know, especially one this close. Right. In my opinion. Now he's, so he's lost twice, and, and I, one thing that I do, I mean, I, I, Eddie Hearn's probably not nearly as worried now as he, as he once was about his cash cow you know, keeping that goose egg and mm-hmm. and, and the loss column. Uh, so one thing that I, I'm, I, I that may loosen Joshua up a little bit. I, you know, he may be under less pressure now, uh, which may help him fight better simply because he's not looked at. You know, with all this hype, the overhype that I would right, argue right. he had in you know in years past. Uh, so I I do expect a much more relaxed Anthony Joshua when he steps in the ring tomorrow. One thing I have noticed, I've seen a lot of Usyk. I haven't seen a lot of uh, Anthony Joshua out there. Talking. I've seen a lot of Anthony Joshua working out, punching, running, mm-hmm. getting stronger, uh, which tells me the man is very focused right now. You know what I like, though? That I feel like, okay, this is the new goose egg in boxing. We always worship the zero in that loss column, yeah. right? Yeah. We all, that's, it's like every boxer, there's, I don't know how many 14 something boxers right now undefeated, and they're protecting that. And they do it by either skipping an opponent, kind of, prolonging that, you know, whatever match that we all want. They do that all the time. The new goose egg in boxing, in my opinion, is is getting that third fight. And so I don't, if you're not driving for the belt, Anthony Joshua, then I'd hope you'd be driving for that third fight after getting a, a win in a rematch. Yeah, yeah. The third fight, I, the, the rubber match is is, Absolutely. is a very vital rubber match. Well, we've seen it in the in Deontay and Tyson, Pacquiao, like all of those classic matches. Mm-hmm. I mean, those legacies that will live on Gotti Ward, of course, oh, probably one of your favorites. That is my all-time favorite trilogy, and, no doubt. Yeah, and again, it doesn't happen unless you get that W in this second fight. Right. And I don't know if Joshua knows how to do it. I'm hoping his coaches and everybody in his camp can accomplish that because Usyk is very unique. Weight division, and I don't think I don't know if Joshua has has fought lower or something. He just does not have the legs. Usyk can get on the bike. Yep, that's going to be the advantage. Yep, that's why Usyk wins and probably knocks down Joshua at least once. All right, so you're taking you're taking Usyk in twelve by decision, mm-hmm. unanimous or split? I'll say I'll say split. Yeah, I think if it's going to the cards, I think it'll be a split decision. I have to give Joshua some sort of benefit just yeah. because he's experienced now. Yeah, again. That's another boxer that kind of semi cherry picked the beginning of his career. You're damn right he did. And 
now you're fighting people, and then you got knocked out by Andy Ruiz not too long ago. Yeah. Like, although he did come back and avenge that that yeah in Saudi Arabia where he's going to be fighting again tomorrow. So who knows? Oh, that could be his lucky spot. Could be. Everybody's got their spot. Now I wanted to shift gears here. I, so you're going, you're going, uh, uh, in twelve by decision. I'm going Usyk in eleven by stoppage, okay. and we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't think either of us expect uh, Joshua to take the win no matter what. But you mentioned the goose egg and undefeated fighters mm-hmm. protecting that O. Uh, guys not fighting guys that they should because they want to protect that O. Which brings me to Ryan Garcia. <sighs> Man and his his lot of lot of talk. He's running his mouth like like he can take on the world at one forty, especially specifically, Javante Davis. Now, what do you think? Here's what's crazy about this is he actually seems like he wants it, and he's not the one that should. It should be Javante calling him out. Yeah, it should. And 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 Ryan running. But in this circumstance, somehow, because I would think in my mind, oh, De La Hoya isn't going to allow another golden boy to, to lose a goose egg or something like that. So that's why this situation's very wild to me. I don't, and I don't see Gervonta Davis running from anybody. No, I don't think he's. I just don't think he's that interested. He doesn't seem that interested in Ryan Garcia to me. That, see? Uh, uh, he just, you know, to me, just uh, you hear Garcia talk, and then I hear Tank Davis talk, and he's like, eh, well, you know, whatever, bring it on. I, I just I don't know. To me, I don't think he le- I don't think he sees Ryan Garcia as a legitimate threat. So, I, I don't either, honestly. I would be taking that fight before somebody tried to get a Lomachenko fight versus a Davis fight. But that's, if I were Davis, yeah. Now that's the thing that I, I think about about uh, Garcia. You know, he obviously believes in himself, uh, but a little too much. If he wants to prove. He should have been taking bigger fights than he's been taking. He's been fighting fringe level guys like Javier Fortuna, Luke Campbell, Francisco Fonseca, Romero Duno. Guys that, you know, some of them you could argue are just cab drivers. You know, I mean, I mean, these are okay fighters, but they're not great. Uh, so for somebody with hands like his, a 23-0 record, 19 knockouts, yeah, he should be fighting somebody with a name. But Tank Davis, I think, is just too big of a name for him right now. Yeah, you need you need to get one of those guys on the way down, an old vet, someone I can't think of a name right now, but it's... You do not want that right now. It, like, if you are Ryan Garcia, you do not want to fight Gervonta Davis. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win. You don't have the power. Maybe you have the speed, and you're going to look impressive at times. But looking, I mean, looking at the past, like, three Gervonta Davis fights, the most recent one is was impressive. He got the knockout. The two before that, it seemed semi kind of lackluster. So, however, Javante Davis has proven that he is on that elite level. Mm-hmm. Ryan Garcia is starting to do that, and I don't, I don't think this is where you do it. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not. I agree. It, it could end very badly for him. Yeah, very badly for him. Look, and he was on Twitter too recently because this is a very like, you know, and I feel so bad for him. Not to switch gears. I mean, we'll we'll come back to that if you want, but. He was defending Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner recently pulled out of a fight he was going to have. Uh, and he did defend him, yeah. Yeah, and defended him online because Adrian Broner seems to be taking, like, I guess, a mental health break. I think he needs it. Which nobody in the boxing world has had more of a roller coaster recently than Adrian Broner. Uh, to go from, like, you know, I-, I think he's three or four time world champion and. You know, had some embarrassing moments. He's out there kind of walling out in, in real life sometimes on occasions. Um, and right now in his career, it is kind of a make or break or or who are you kind of 
going to be? Are you going to be that elite star, or now are you going to be that guy that's on the way down that somebody like a Ryan Garcia mm-hmm. is going to have to fight to prove himself? Yeah, I think he, his, his big, uh, Broner's big problem was that, I mean... That's a lot of pressure. You're at the run in your mouth comparing yourself to Floyd Mayweather, and then you don't back it up multiple times. See, but somebody, what it tells me also is somebody that's going to take a mental health break that that was all just some fake ego. That was yeah. all like we're all weak. Like any anybody that gets into the ring has my respect already. Sure. Yeah, like yeah, you're you're strong. You, there's no doubt you're tough. So it shows you the you know the gravity of the situation when it comes to being on that giant stage. You know, being like because I mean, he's got money. He's about billions. But there's there's something to that pressure that I'm sure he's going through and. Ryan Garcia supports him. I support him too. You know, take a break if you have to. That's that's an, that's an entire like that. Those are injuries you don't see. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Tyson Fury. He had himself a little uh, mental health break. He uh, cleaned himself up from a, a bit of a coke habit and uh, came back better than ever. Arguably, won all three fights against Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. I think he won all three, but only get, officially won two. Um, but uh, speaking of Fury, wanted to get your opinion on, yeah. on this. Uh, just kind of going back to the to the Usyk Joshua fight. Bob Arum, who for those of you who don't know, Bob Arum is uh, Tyson Fury's promoter. Uh, Fury is of course British. Arum's an American, but uh, he he's looking at basically he wants he he believes Fury's going to come out of retirement again uh, to fight whoever wins tomorrow tomorrow's fight. Do you see that happening? You see him coming out of retirement? I have not even heard much from Tyson Fury lately to even know how to make what to make of that. Uh, he he came out of retirement, and then two days later or so, he said, oh, "I'm back in retirement, and that's it." I think okay. I think everybody else would probably think, "Okay, why? Like, why? What what good is it going to do? Why would you need to? Why would you want to?" But Tyson Fury's been fighting for such a long time that he is one of those guys that it's in his blood that like that's this is what I do. Yeah, he's named after Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah. If definitely he, in his blood, absolutely. <laughs> and if anything. <sighs> If he fights either Usyk or Anthony Joshua after this fight, it's a cakewalk still for him. I agree. Well, there's nobody out there that can beat him. You and I uh, actually both agree on that. Yeah, 100%. I don't think there's anybody that can beat Tyson Fury, and I don't. Uh, you can you can blame it on his style, skill. He's six uh, nine. He moves like a middleweight, and that's that's the thing. He's he's just so big that it's really hard to box with somebody that actually knows how to box that's that size. Now, I would say that the only reason that I might pull for Joshua tomorrow is because, like I mentioned earlier, because he's got two two losses on his record now, possibly three after tomorrow, Eddie Hearn's not nearly as afraid of putting him up against big names as he used to. So therefore, if Joshua wins tomorrow, I think that that would set up a prime opportunity for us to see a Fury-Joshua fight, which guys like you and me have wanted to see for years now. Uh, so... I don't really know what to expect from Tyson Fury. You never really can tell with that guy. You know, one day it's one thing, the next mm-hmm. day it's another. But, boy, I'd love to see him come out. Because, I, I mean, he's only, what, like 34, I think. He, well, he's got years ahead of him. He's not too old yet. He's still never been defeated. And he's in, in, in the crown jewel of the heavyweight class. Well, we were talking about the heavyweight, the entire heavyweight class being on fire. Yeah. He was a part of that. Those three names, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, and also uh, Deontay Wilder. And if all three of those guys don't fight, then we really missed an era. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, it, you know, it, it wouldn't be nearly the same caliber, I would I would say, of, of you know, the, the old Ali, Foreman, Frazier 
trilogy, you know, where they're all just fighting each other. Yeah. Uh, but certainly close to that, you know, and, and that would, of, of this generation, you know, we could see something like that. And I think it would be a real, real travesty. I'd love to see a, a, a Joshua Wilder fight. A Fury Joshua fight. Mm. And then I'd like to see all three of them get in the ring and just punch each other all day. Yeah, in yeah. the back alley. Yeah. So we got more on the way here on the bullpen. Got to take a quick break. 512-834-1027 is the number. Give us a call. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. There we go. That's us. 512-834-1027 is the number here on the bullpen. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins, Chewy also in studio. Special guests. We were talking uh, a lot we had a, a nice little square circle chat there in the last segment talking boxing. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I wanted to contribute, but I could not contribute to that. That's all right. That's I was right. listening. It wasn't interesting to listen to. You well, were, I noticed your eyes were closed. I learned, I learned a few things. No, yeah. I was just looking down. Uh, you, were, you were just, I was just looking down. staring at the back of your I eyelids. Just, I, was, right? I was reading. Yeah. Uh, I did. Uh, I did. Before we move on, real quick, uh, I did because we we were talking about uh, Joshua and uh, and Tyson Fury's retirement, mm-hmm. and Anthony Joshua actually had something to say uh, because Tyson Fury is currently retired. Anthony Joshua thinks he could bring him out. Yeah, I could bring. Yeah, I could bring him out of retirement. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, he can bring himself out of retirement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think mean, he'll bring himself out of retirement. He's just in, there's nothing for him to do in it. I think he's not thought of his life after boxing, so I think he's pretty boring. You end up getting a dog, getting a Ferrari, like, to keep yourself busy. <laughs> there's not What's much wrong with that? to do with your dog now. So, yeah, I think he will come out of retirement soon. A dog and a Ferrari Did sounds like a great Did you understand any of that? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I understand him saying he'd come out of retirement, but then he was just talking about dogs and Well, Ferraris. that's what he said. He's like, ah, oh, well, you know, he, he'd get himself a dog and a Ferrari. I'm pretty sure he's already got everything he needs. Yeah, I'm sure he's got plenty of dogs and Ferraris. Those those <laughs> are low-key hits trying to get him out. I mean, if you just even if you just mention another boxer's name, that's... Yeah. yeah, that's a little like, hey, yeah, I want some. Yeah, well, I wouldn't run my mouth too much about Tyson Fury if my name were Anthony Joshua, but that's just me. Yeah, you got somebody else here to worry about. As far as I'm concerned, Anthony Joshua is just a, a a bodybuilder who could throw punches, and then he got exposed. Wow, that yeah. is rude. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so we'll find out. Uh, you know, uh, if any of your boxing fans out there, make sure you tune in tomorrow. I believe the fight's about five fifteen uh, in the afternoon, or maybe Eastern time. Maybe four fifteen and five fifteen tomorrow our time. Uh, I think it's on DAZN. Yeah, something like it's and, on DAZN, uh, yeah, something yeah, like that. And uh, so, yeah, uh, tune in and then let us know uh, on uh, Monday whether or not how wrong we were or how right we were, because we're never wrong. No, we're never, never wrong. No. Never. Moving on now, we got to uh, talk a little more sports out there and uh, a little NFL action. Uh, I know yesterday we said you weren't going to hear the name Deshaun Watson anymore. Oh, don't do it. I lied. <sighs> I lied. Uh, because there's a lot of fallout right now, and of course the NFL has come out today, and they've said, well, we accidentally... We released this press release about the uh, Deshaun Watson settlement uh, prematurely. We didn't, we didn't mean to release it when you guys in the media got it. Uh, fortunately, there were no, I guess, no mistakes in it, no inaccuracies. They meant what they said in it. But a lot of the reaction I'm seeing is still people kind of in disbelief going, is this guy for real? Because, you know, on the one hand, you've got him reading a statement saying, I apologize for once again for any pain that this situation's caused. I take accountability for decisions I made. Then he goes in front of reporters yesterday saying, I've always stood on my innocence and always said I've never assaulted anyone or disrespected anyone, and I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence. So which is it? Accountability or is it innocence? Because you can't have both. It's C. He's just a textbook liar. He's a clown? C for clown? He's a clown. It's trash. Possible. It's trash. Possible. Like, give me a break. Uh, so, you know, you that... You literally contradicted yourself all day, and then everyone tried to call you out on it. It's like, well, I'm innocent. 
He's not uh, he's not facing any legal action here, but I think a lot of people think he probably should when you've got more than two dozen women uh, and and all these settlements. Uh, two grand juries, though, uh, did uh, decline to indict him here in Texas earlier this year. So I still don't get that. Yeah, still not sure why. Because if it were you or me. Yeah, we'd be indicted. Yeah, 100%. Multiple times over. Yep. Hey, uh, there's some uh, reports out there that Dak Prescott is having one of the best camps of his career right now. Uh, you know, you've got uh, injuries to CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown. They've added already a long list of questions about the Cowboys, but not a lot of questions right now about the QB here. Uh, big change from where he was a year ago. Now uh, he was looking for a contract after fracturing his ankle. Uh, then he dealt with muscle strain, but things were a lot calmer for him this year, and, and it appears to be paying off. Uh, the uh, Cowboys executive vice president, Stephen Jones, says he thinks this has resulted in his absolute best summer as a pro so far. Uh, he says he, uh, you know, he can't do anything to improve the health of receivers, but strong play from him would uh, make you know who's, whoever's available look a lot better. And uh, it'll be crucial in, in any hopes that the Cowboys have of repeating as division champs. I don't know how you feel about that if you've been watching Dak much, or watching the Cowboys uh, preseason at all, but... Uh, well, who gets a good read on somebody at you know just practice, right. not not at an actual competition? Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, all these you got to take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you really do. I mean, because uh, no matter what, no matter what the sport is, it's preseason. Right. It's preseason. Oh it's yeah, preseason. get your fantasy footballs. Ready. I feel like yeah. Dak has yeah. always right. been the player that you've had to worry about the the least. Yeah, uh, you don't you don't hear a lot of problems from him besides his injuries. injuries yeah, I mean, yeah, he throws a few interceptions here or there, but between everything else, all the other questions they have in camp, he should be the that no, it should be no questions. Like he's good to go. Well, here's hoping. You would assume. Here's hoping. Uh, I, I still, uh, you know, I don't. I don't like Cowboys Nation's uh, chance for a, a Super Bowl berth by any Come by on. any stretch of Come the imagination. On. But you know, I mean, making it to the uh, maybe making it to the playoffs. Uh, you know, we'll see. Well, here's hoping. They have the now team. Yeah, they certainly they certainly do have the team. They I may mean, need to get another wide receiver or two, but yeah, they always do. <laughs> <laughs> Got a story here just just for you, Brandon. Oh boy, Geno Smith. Bre- oh yeah. boy, knee bruise. You watch that game yesterday? I unfortunately, I did watch most you, of that game. You don't sound very impressed by your Seahawks. It was pretty god awful for about three and a half quarters. <laughs> Why? Is it, how so? Because towards the end, they, they got an onside kick. They got a fumble recovery. They had a chance to score another touchdown before the end of the game. But, I mean, that's what you get for having Jacob Eason as your guy because Drew Locke decided to get COVID the other day, so yeah. he missed out on his chance to start. Yes. Geno Smith didn't look horrible. The rest of the team looked pretty bad. Pete Carroll said he could have kept playing even I mean, after he hurt his knee. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you, he's going to get another shot to play in the third game because that's usually where most of the starters play. And he got to throw to Tyler Lockett and DK for a minute. They were upset that they didn't get to play very much. That was pretty funny. Uh, but I don't, yeah, I don't know what you want me to. I, I don't know. Well, you know, I just I, I live. We uh, we don't talk enough Seahawks. Uh, we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much to talk Fair about. Enough. Right? Fair enough. Fair enough. We can take the year off. Trust me, it'll be fine. It won't be tem- missing much. Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> All right. So uh, then, from the NFL to the diamond, we go. I want to ask you a question. You ever heard of two no hitters being thrown on the same day? Unless, or it's how about this? The same league? game. Well, it happened. Not in the MLB, though. It happened in the uh, Dominican Summer League. But okay. it is a feat to, be, to to mention, nevertheless, because, I mean, no-hitters are no-hitters. But this was a sloppy, sloppy no-hitter for on both sides. Uh, two no-hitters thrown in Dominican Summer League yesterday. Uh, the, the Cubs-Reds, that's the team. The Cubs-Reds. 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 They defeated the Pirates affiliate Pit Black. 
Two nothing. Okay. This was a seven inning contest. Zero hits for either side. Six pitchers combining on the feet. Uh, Cubs Reds only had two runs of the game. They each came in the bottom of the first inning and they came off errors. Oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> Zero hits allowed the rest of the way. Pirates pitchers remained as wild as their fielders. They issued uh, seven walks over six innings oh, on their side of the no-hitter. They fanned nine guys, though. Struck out nine guys along the way. What a mess. I know. Good Lord. Uh, and it, it, it's such a real it, – but it represented the sixth and seventh no-hitters of the 2022 Dominican Summer League season. So they've already had seven no-hitters in the Dominican League this year, two of them coming in the same game on the same day. 36 no-hitters of, of at least seven innings length across all affiliated uh, minor leagues this year. That's a cool feat. Uh, I feel like it's, you know, is it truncated because it's only six innings. Is it cheap in it? The fact oh. that it's being played in the Dominican Summer League? When you get nine innings, I mean, you give yourself, what, 15 other or 12 outs to get at least one hit. And when you only got six innings, that you don't have much time. The games go by really fast. That they do. And so that they do. I've seen plenty of no-headers go into the seventh, eighth. You know, seven inning, a seven-inning game sounds like the perfect thing for this modern era of pace of play. People nah. whining about pace of play. Nah. Nah. These new millennial rules. Nah. The Gen Z rules. Please don't put that in here. I'm sorry. All right. You, what if Rob, you know Rob Manford listens to us. I know so. You don't want to put that in his head. Wouldn't that be horrible if that was the, if that was his, inning, his, I his next bonehead move? Hey, let's 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 drop two innings out of out of major league yeah, baseball games. I wouldn't watch. That'd be it. Atlanta Braves Marcelo Ozuna arrested once again for another time and another year. Uh, this time for a DUI charge early this morning there in Atlanta. Uh, arrested, uh, booked into the uh, jail 4:30 a.m. Uh, in addition to DUI, also charged with an unsafe lane change. Uh, he was released uh, about four hours later, paid about 1800 bucks to get out. But uh, he was arrested in May of last year on charges of aggravated assault by strangulation and battery against his wife. Whoa. Uh, and uh, the police officers actually say they saw him do that. Uh, he was placed on administrative leave during the investigation, uh, later allowed to return this season, apologized to teammates, and he says, I'm going to be a better person. And then he gets popped for a DUI today. So, mm. you know, I wouldn't say that makes him a bad person. No. It just calls into question his responsible decision making. Where's his brain? Or lack thereof. Yeah. Or lack thereof. Switch to the NFL if you're going to be doing that. I know, yeah, for right? Real. You'll get, you'll be fine. No worries. Yeah, you switch to the you NFL. Slap on the wrist. Yeah, they wouldn't even suspend you. Just, <laughs> all right. Well, you know, like, just call us next time. Yeah, Please. Yeah, yeah, just call us. We'll, we'll come get you. <laughs> uh, Albert Pujols continues to impress and. In a disgusting uh, fashion, because yes. I, I, this guy's surprising too. He's 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 in his forties. What is he? Uh, what is he like forty three now? Something uh, like that. Probably like fifty at this point. No, he's forty two. All right, he's forty two. Yesterday, he launched a pinch hit grand slam, drove in five runs, and it was the first time in his entire career that he's hit a pinch hit grand slam. Wow. That's a never, long never done it before. to never do that. But it's moved him up to 690 career home runs, six shy of Alex Rodriguez. I think he can make that. For fourth on the list. I think so, too. Now, he I may have to come back. More. He may have to come back for another season to, to do that. But if he comes back for another season, there's no doubt he hits 700. Is he pulling a Bernie Mac, Mr. 3000? He he's going to come back for his home runs, and he, then he's out. He should. I'm retiring. He should. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, here's a list of the, the all-time list. So he's number five with 690. Alex Rodriguez is at 696. The great Babe Ruth at 714. Hank Aaron at 755. And then the illegitimate 762. Oh, why you got to do it like that? Why you got to say it like that? Very bonds. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, this, this guy just doesn't stop. Uh, and, and Adam Rain, Wainwright also on the mound last mm-hmm. night. Uh, he's actually, uh, he looked great. 
And it says, uh, let's see here, the Cardinals are the first team in the big league history to have a player of at least 40 years old hit a grand slam and another at least 40 years old to pitch seven shutout innings in the same game. Well, uh, Pujols is 42, Wainwright's 40. What about Yachty? I wonder if Yachty Molina was in there. Because uh, that's that old school crew. It might have been, but uh, I'm not seeing his name in this article mm-hmm. here. Nevertheless, uh, I mean, Pujols was an Astros killer. He's now uh, apparently a lefty killer, uh, has been uh, for quite some time. Dude won't stop. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is it's just, uh, I, I, he's like uh, Shohei Otani in, in a way, and that just, he, he, he won't quit impressing. I me. hope he comes back one more year if he doesn't get to, to 700. He needs to get to 700. Yeah. I, if, I, he, if he comes back for 10 games and retires, fine. As long as we get it, I think he deserves it. Yeah. Yeah, I I'd agree. love to see him do it this year, but 10, 10 home runs for him in like maybe a month and a half left. I think he could do it. He might be able to do it. If he keeps this up this pace, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I don't know if you've seen any of the uh, details on these Live Golf Big Money Rebel contracts, but we've got some details on that for I bet you. it's a lot. Yeah. Short break here. 512-834-1027 is the number on the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Oh, yeah. We got the final segment of the Friday edition of the bullpen here. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins, Chewy. And uh, we're going to wrap things up today with a little talk about these uh, big money rebel contracts coming out of Live Golf. Leaked. They're leaked. leaked. Look at that. Big, bold left. Leaked. Mm, Leaked got, LIV. Got to love the Daily Mail and their sensationalism. Mm. Uh, That's so, why I usually delete all this in print friendly. I, I do know too. no one knows what print friendly is, but us, but. Yeah, I was trying to get print rid of friendly all is, is my. Fr- when you've got to print as many things as if you, when you've got to kill as many trees as we do here, yeah, you, you got it. You've got to have print friendly, otherwise you're killing more trees. We won't. We won't tell how. Oh, much we're not getting into all that. Uh, but uh, draft contract to play for the Saudi-funded Live Golf includes clauses that require players to be uh, available to recruit other players to the league, get permission before granting exclusive interviews. <laughs> uh, they also uh, have a, a draft contract that includes clauses uh, requiring a. Uh, Players to wear Live Golf branding at any golf tournament they participate in anywhere in the world, uh, and therefore showing off and promoting the uh, the Rebel, uh, you know, the Rebel brand from oh. Live Golf. There, I mean, yeah, I feel like that's anything. You know, these these guys have to wear all their uh, endorsements, clothing. So yeah. I don't. I I'm, for the amount of money they're getting, sure, I'll wear whatever the hell you want. I I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I mean. I don't know. Uh, it, it to me, it's it's kind. It's it just kind of funky. I mean, uh, they've got. They want. They want so desperately to be a legitimate, a legitimate organization. And I think you could argue that they are, considering mm-hmm. that they're talking about like hundred million dollar, well, you know, payouts and and multi million dollar bonuses here and there. It's legit enough for me. Absolutely right. And the names that they got, it, it makes them legitimate. Yeah, I mean, who we're talking about? Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, uh, Taylor Gooch. Oh, man, that's a goocher. Oh, man. <laughs> couldn't find the drop. Shoot. I was looking for the drop. I couldn't <laughs> find it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, another big name is like Greg Norman. who tra- He tried to lure, you know, so last, uh, last month, I think he tried to lure Tiger Woods over there for like $800 million hey, or something. Only no. Tiger Woods can turn down that much money. Yeah. Dude's got oh enough money God. to not need it. You a, know? a billion is, that's the new million. Listen, you offer me like ten grand, i am going over there. I'm and like, then LeBron takes $40 million a year because he, he, he was offered that and is not taking less for, to help the team out. Yeah, I don't understand because he's a billionaire too. Mm. So they know, maybe that's just me. Maybe so they can't. Pro- angry. I'm a little angry. They can't provide uh, exclusive interviews or commentaries in relation to any event or league activity without approval. 
agree to, where requested, assist the league operator in seeking to persuade players to enter into multi-year player participation agreements with the league operator and broadly sign away their media rights from live events. Uh, And uh, so, you know, there you go. Uh, There are... uh, it also says live golfers can play anywhere in the world, provided it's not the same week as a live golf event. So right there, that's different than the PGA. Yeah. I mean, the PGA clearly wants to, to keep a stranglehold on its players, on all players. Sure. And live golf seems like it's kind of, I mean, I use the word rebel multiple times, but I mean, it's kind of it. You know, they're, they're rebelling here, and, and they don't seem to care as much. Like, yeah, well, we, we want a partnership with the PGA, and the PGA is like, now we want a monopoly. Yeah. Period. Just, and we're going to punish any player who's expressed any interest in playing for you guys. Don't forget who they're dealing with. Don't forget who the the you know who created this league, the Saudis. You know they're gonna t- they're gonna do what they want to do. And if you don't agree to it, that's too bad. Yeah, I mean, it, that all sounds pretty reasonable if if you're being offered fifty to three hundred and fifty million dollars just to join, mm-hmm. and then you get four million dollars as a as a pri- as prize money if you win the tournament, and you also have your freedom. Please wear our clothes. We'll tell you where who to talk to in the media. Fine. That also, I'm, sure. Sign me up. I'm down. Yeah, and and like for that kind of cash, I I don't. And it's not a lifetime deal either way. Look, I wouldn't go begging the PGA for anything if somebody's paying me that kind of money. No, forget the PGA. I don't need you. Nope. I mean, you know, as as you fun see what they're as, offering me over here. Yeah, I, I don't need you at all. As prestigious as it may be to you know lace up and go play the Masters or something like that, I got a hundred million dollars because I just won something with Live. By PGA. Yeah, they can go play Augusta whenever the hell they want. Go kick rocks, PGA. <laughs> they don't have to do any of the tournament. They can just play whenever they want. Dude, Chewy, thanks for, for uh, sticking around Thank with us today, you. man. Thanks yeah. for the good boxing talk. Really appreciate it. Uh, that's going to do it for us today, this week, on the Friday edition of the Bullpen. Happy weekend. Uh, we've uh, we've got sports talk with uh, Ed and Beto that's coming right. up later on six. this afternoon. Paul, Four to six. Paul Feinbaum next. Paul Feinbaum next. Stick around. We'll see you on Monday.